You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. Chip, what's going on? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Um, continuing, you know, kind of um, our podcast, Talking Hoops. Uh, we received some some pretty good news. The NBA should be coming back around December. Um, you know, a lot of agreements in place between the players' union, um, you know, and, and, and obviously Adam Silver and everyone trying to put things together so that we can have basketball to, to watch. We're all looking forward to that. Um, anyone who's been listening to the podcast knows that we've been talking a lot about draft prospects. We've been targeting specific NBA teams, um, looking at their season outlook, draft prospects, salary cap management, personnel decisions, things like that. Um, but we're going on a different course a little bit tonight, and we are going to be speaking specifically with a trainer who works with uh, various NBA players and uh, two players in particular that Chip and I are big fans of and very interested in their development. We are very excited to bring on the podcast tonight. Aki Dean, the founder of Process Basketball and um, a trainer who has worked with various NBA players such as Kevin Knox and Jonathan Isaac, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, Dwayne Bacon. Aki, thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight. How's your evening going so far? Going well. Um, yeah, just got back from the gym, so I'm excited to, to talk some hoops with you guys, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Um, and I think the best place to start is really with you. You know, in, in, in preparation for this podcast, I was looking at uh, some of your YouTube series. I love the process, love the title. Um, and, you know, I kind of wanted to just talk about your journey um, as a basketball player and, and kind of your transition to becoming a trainer and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you actually started training or at least having the idea that you wanted to train players uh, as it relates to skills training in, in college. Um, mm-hmm. And it's clear that you have a love for the process as it specifically relates to skills training. When did that decision become a reality for you in terms of uh, becoming a trainer and then eventually starting your own business? Yeah, so um, when I was in college... Um Played at a really small school called Ave Maria University. It's an NAI school. Um, it was my junior season, and I just had the best year of my life. We got ranked 14th in the country, and you know I was thinking I'm going to come back and be the best NAI player of the year. I'm going to be that guy. And um, went home for the summer and was having a lot of back issues. That's one thing about me. Unfortunately, I've always had like an injury-related career. Um, so 
went home for the summer, had some back issues. And uh, long story short, I went to the therapist. They were trying to figure out what's wrong with my back. And they were doing some mobility, you know, exercises. And they're like, oh, something's wrong with your hip. Like, you need to get this checked out. So I had hip surgery um, to make it short. And um, that was when I really started, like, getting into training. It's like, all right, how can I, one, train myself um, so when I come back, I can be the best player I could possibly be? That's that took me down the path of watching, you know, six, seven hours of film a day, mm. reading a ton of books and really just trying to learn the game more on um, just the IQ side and, and how to develop myself. Even though I couldn't run, I was on crutches. I was shooting a ton of form shots and just trying to come up with new drills that I thought may translate, um, you know, to when I got back for my own playing career. And then, um, unfortunately, immediately after, about three months after my surgery, I found out that my other hip was torn, my labrum. So I had to get bilateral hips um so I got another hip surgery. Uh, I was out for like 11 months, and I was like, all right, well, my yes, I'm going to continue to learn about the game for my own playing career, but I need to you know, start doing something else as well because I'm losing my mind. So I asked a couple of my teammates if I could train them, which is some of the stuff that I was learning. And um, they said, yeah, and um, teammate Matt Chadden, if you ever listen to this, shout out to you. He's the first person to give me a chance. He's like my best friend because a lot of my teammates said no and like laughed at me when I, when I first wanted to start. And um, started working with him, and uh, yeah, he started seeing a lot of improvement. His average went up like nine points per game, and then um, started working out with some local kids. And that summer, um, after my redshirt year, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna like really start this business. And I got an LLC, and it's crazy because um, at that time, looking back, I was like, man, I sucked at what I did. Like, I don't know why like anyone trained with me. Looking back, but um, got blessed from God and got the opportunity to work out Courtney Lee, who obviously had a stand with the Knicks. And um, for whatever reason, he allowed me to work him out multiple times and didn't think the workouts were trash. And uh, that was really big for me because I had just started. Uh, I was probably six or seven months in. And again, he liked the workouts. Um, got a few over, other overseas guys. And um, yeah, so I went back that next year after my redshirt season, tried to play, played four games. My hips were like just not working very well, uh, and then I was like, you know what? I'm at, I'm at an NAI school. Courtney Lee has paid me for a session, and he has a contract worth fifty million dollars. I probably have a better career in training than I do playing, and then I gave it up and went all in on training. So yeah, <laughs> that is a uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, definitely a unique story. <laughs> yeah, how old were you when this happened? I was 20 or 20, 21, 21. Wow. Yeah. So, so a lot, a lot, a lot of things that I, I can't explain, like opportunities kind of came and I, I prepared for them, but they still probably shouldn't have come when they did. And I'm just, I'm grateful that, you know, God allowed them to come. Um, and I, and I just did the best I could to maximize them when they did. What do you think of, was it about the workout specifically that, um, kind of maybe attracted, uh, Courtney to to what you were doing you know as someone who because when you when you met him I'm assuming that he was you know maybe not like a, a vet vet but I mean he was he was he had been in the NBA for a while already mm-hmm. um, you know so what 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 in terms of the feedback that maybe he gave you what what you know what did he say about the, those workouts that were maybe different than maybe some other trainers were doing at the time no kind of probably got lucky as far as circumstance because the first workout we actually did was the first workout he did um, after he took a vacation. So I killed him. I mean, he was exhausted. Um, And at that point, you know, in my career, 
I, I wanted to kill you. I mean, I wanted you to be exhausted after. Um, and so I, I know he really, you know, liked that because <laughs> he told us that after it. Um, and then the other thing that I, I think he liked was I, I did a lot of stuff that probably didn't resonate with his game, to be honest, looking back, like a lot of on stuff that he just doesn't need because it's not his role in the NBA. Um, but, I, but, I, but I still knew the game um, because of all the film that I watched. I really like knew the game. Again, there's some stuff that may be unrealistic, but I was also going to partner that with like, all right, I know you do this. So we're going to do a ton of this. We're going to get a ton of reps of what you do. And we're going to get a ton of reps of what you do when you're tired. Um, and I think that's probably one of the things that he respected and, and probably appreciated. And would you say that your experience with uh, Courtney op- opens the door for um, maybe some of the other young dra- draft prospect guys that you work like with Kevin or Jonathan, or how did that, um, you know, connection start? Man, so this is, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian and I really believe Jesus organized this because there's, the story is kind of crazy how Jonathan and Kevin happened. So, um, it definitely helped 100% because of that workout. I posted a YouTube video at that time. I got like 100,000 views or something, something along those lines. And I was still playing in college, and someone came up to me. Um, this is in Naples, Florida. like, hey, would you be – I want you to work on my son. Again, I'm in season. I'm still playing right now. Like, right. I want you to work on my son. So I work him out. He enjoys the workout. And the dad comes up and was like, hey, would you be interested in having a gym? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I'd be interested. But I'm like thinking, there's no way. I'm 21 years old. I'm playing in like – he's not going to be a gym. But I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, okay, well, like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing this. Like, I'll, I'll call you. And I was like, okay, yeah. And I just completely forgot about it. But the reason why he worked out with me is because he saw the Courtney Lee workout video. Um, I quit my college season after four games. Oh, within a week, he calls me. He's like, the gym's ready. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, yeah, the gym's ready. So I, I get the opportunity to, to pretty much have my own gym um, at a young age. Uh, was really naive. Uh, I was kind of stupid now that I think about it. It had an extremely high rent that um, would have the, – the rent was – I could have a mortgage on a million-dollar house. But I was like, all right, I'll do it. I had no clients at the time. Um, but I went for it. And so I'm in Naples, Florida. I have my gym. I reach out to a bunch of players. Um, some kids are starting to train, some of the better players in the area. And um, I hear about this kid named Jonathan Isaac. And at this point, nobody knows about Jonathan Isaac. I think he has like one offer like – I don't even know. Like you know, like he's not on any national rankings or nothing. So I go to a game, local high school game. He's there watching his friend. It's like a skinny kid. Like he's like six six, like a white beater. I'll never forget. And I was like, hey, like um, I heard you. I heard, I heard, I heard you uh, hoop. Like you want to work out? You want to try it out? And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll try it out. So he comes. Same thing. I kill him. And he's like, that was the best workout I ever had. And that's kind of where the relationship started. And um, I'll never forget after that first workout. Yeah, because at this point, no one's on him. And I told him, I was like, dude, you are going to blow up. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you're going to be one of the best players in the nation. And he didn't believe me. He laughed. And within like four months, he had every school in the country. He had Kentucky, and he had blown up to a top ten Jeez. player. Um, and, yeah, man, so that was crazy. And the thing with Jonathan is he, like, he applied stuff really, really quickly when we worked on it. So, again, a blessing. Jonathan plays for a really good travel team. And – he plays in something called Peach Jam, which is for the EYBL. Um, it's like the number one grassroots high school tournament of the summer. And um, he's playing, and we're in Naples. That's in, like, North Augusta, South Carolina, or something like that. And I'm like, man, I feel like I should go support him. But, gosh, that's a long drive. Like, I'm not really trying to make that drive. I got to take my dogs with me and stay in a La Quinta with two mutts. And uh, my, my wife 
was like, nah, like, let's go. And then I talked to one other person. They said, if you go and you show him support, you never know what that'll mean for him in the future. Like, so I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to make the trip. So I drive up there. And Jonathan does a move that we worked on every single day and dunks on some kids. And so I'm going like crazy. I'm going crazy in the stands. And uh, an older guy next to me is like, hey, like, is that your brother or something? I'm like, no, I'm his trainer. And he's like, oh, you need to go with my grandson. Kevin Knox, who plays on his team, is playing up. He's like, you need to go with my grandson. Uh, you need to get a gym with him. And it, what's crazy is I'm watching Kevin before this happens. And again, I'm 21. I know this is the most facial hair I've ever grown in my life. You guys can't see me. It's not very much, right? So I've been taking notes on Kevin the entire time. Like, dude, this good. he could be so good. Like, at this point, all Kevin does is get rebounds, make an elbow jump shot, and play hard. Which, yeah, he had a great motor at this point. That, I mean, that's pretty much it. And so I've been taking notes. Like, man, if he had this to his game because he moves well, he could be you know, this type of player. If he has this to his game, I took a note of every single shot that he took. Did he have good balance? Um, what move he could have done to get a better shot? Everything. But I'm too scared to go to his dad because his dad is a coach of each one, teach one of this huge team. And I'm a 21-year-old dude who looks like a 15-year-old kid. I'm like, he's just going to look at me like, who the frick are you? Not give me the time of day. So I take all the notes. His granddad says that. I'm like, wow, this is perfect. Uh, My wife gets his granddad's contact info. We give him a car. Dad hits me up a few, like, weeks later. Um, I have all these notes that I've taken the entire tournament on him already. And I do the first workout. And, yeah, it's history from there. So definitely a blessing. (laughs) That is awesome, man. Uh, a, a, a lot of kind of things, you know, just falling into place there. Um, and, uh, and absolutely, as you said, a, a blessing for sure. Um, but I think, you know, the, the, where I want to transition into the Knox conversation, uh, as, as someone who has worked with Kevin and, and worked with him, you know, some of the videos that Chip and I were looking at before, you know, we saw you working with him, you know, in his pre-draft workouts, uh, things like that. I felt like his rise prior to dream prior, prior to being drafted by the Knicks was pretty me- meteoric, right? Like everyone knew Kevin was a freakish athlete, a uh, very great NBA frame uh, and length, and you know he did a lot of good stuff in his first year in Kentucky. But there was still a lot of questions, and even J- Coach John Calipari at the time said, "You know Kevin's going to be a project. You got to give him three years." Um, what do you think from a workout standpoint? Um, he improved the most on in terms of his work with you prior to getting to the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? What did what did you guys work on either during breaks in college or in the summer that you felt got him more noticed on a national level? Um, that's a great question. I think with us, like we really focused on we focused on really making him a wing um, and really with his shooting. Um, and obviously, you know he's been he's been really streaky since he's been in the league. Um, but that was one of the things that we really, really tried to like hammer home is like, all right, you being a six foot nine dude, but being able to make jumpers and really being able to like, again, he's been inconsistent, but like you have the ability to knock down shots. Like you have the ability to stretch the defense and they have to respect that, that. And then another thing that we really worked on, um, you know, throughout his high school career, especially, um, and kind of going into Kentucky was. Uh, his transition finishing, like having different moves in transition where if he gets out on the break, um, he can finish the basketball at a high clip and at a high percentage. And in high school, like that was probably his number one thing is like if he was in transition, it was a guaranteed bucket. Um, you know, since he's kind of gotten a little bit older, um, 
you know, that, that necessarily may not be the case right now, but that was one of his bread and butter aspects. Was like he had three transition moves and one of them was going to work every time and he was going to finish at the rim, whether it was with a dunk or whether it was with a layup or he was going to get fouled. And, um, those are some of the things that we really, really focused on shooting and him just being a monster in transition. Because with his length, I mean, as you know, like if, if, if he can do those things consistently, even if he can do those things the league consistently, he's going to be a really tough player. So. You mentioned inconsistency and in him being streaky. I think you could say that with a lot of the Knicks young players recently. Mm-hmm. And they hired uh, Kenny Payne from Kentucky to be an assistant coach with a focus towards player development. So I wanted to ask you what kind of relationship uh, Kevin had with Coach Payne and what kind of impact you think having Coach Payne with the Knicks now will have on Kevin. It's going to be the best thing for him. Um, by far, Kevin was closest with Coach Payne at Kentucky. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that guy. When I saw that, I was like, all right, well, that's going to be really, really, really beneficial for Kevin. Um, work Kevin out all the time. It's hard as heck on Kevin, Kenny Payne. Um, if you heard anything about him, he does not take any crap. He's going to tell you straight up. He's going to work you to death. Um, but that's what Kevin needs. And um, I think that's why Kevin did relate to him so much. Kevin's dad um, is a gym rat. Um, I was a gym rat with him. And, you know, Kenny Payne was kind of that same figure as, you know, just let's get in the gym, let's get in the gym. You're going to go to the gym at 11 p.m. at night and you're going to get up, you know, five, 600 shots and we're going to work you to exhaustion. And, um, so I think it'll be really, really good for Kevin. I think that I'm hoping it'll help him take a big jump in his development um, because that's someone that he really, really trusts and has a good relationship with. One of the um, one of the things I've noticed with uh, Kev uh, in terms of you know sometimes his his body and frame is a topic of conversations amongst Knicks fans. Like there's always a debate about whether he's still growing, you know, and, and whether he's still getting use. Um, to his body and, and, um, you know, still getting used to playing with his height and his weight. Do you, do you think that, you know, that's been a struggle for him, you know, in terms of, I I feel like everything with basketball happened very quickly for him because of, you know, his, his growth spurt when he was younger, he was a three sport athlete, you know, he was playing football a lot when he was young and still in terms of like scratching the surface of his basketball talent, there's a lot that's still there. Do you do you think that that um, is kind of true as well? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I've I said it when he was really, really young, and I honestly still believe it. Um, obviously, it hasn't come to fruition yet, but he could be really, really special. Um, I mean, the man wears like a size seventeen and a half, but I have yeah. him in my, I have like a pair in my garage, and it's like it literally is like a boat. Like, I mean, he he, he definitely could still grow because he's still really young. I mean, I don't know, he's 21 now. I mean, he's still extremely young. Um, and, again, he's he's really been a, a true wing for, what, let's see, 26, four years, five years, four or five years. Like, he's not a guy that was that position his whole life and was, you know, so he has so much room for improvement. Um and the sky's the limit if he does. I mean, I think, I think this year is going to be a pleasant change, you know, uh, a change in the staff. Um, I think Kenny Payne is going to, you know, bring a lot of opportunities for him and, and really you know, just somebody that he trusts and someone that knows him and knows how to get through to him, um, I think will be really beneficial. 
And again, he's 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 a baby man. So I'm really hoping that this year is kind of a breakout year for him, um, because. Uh, and again, this isn't for Kevin, but I kind of related to it slightly. So when Jonathan was coming out, um, we had a conversation. We're like, hey, man, like you're not going to be the dude your first year for the Magic. Like, that's just the reality. That's not your personality. That's not who you are. You're not an alpha guy like that. Um, you're, you're, you're a three- to four-year process before you really start to make noise. You're a Paul George type of guy. You come in, you focus on defense first, you add layers to your offensive game every single year, and you start to get better. By year four, you kind of you kind of start to flourish. You're a Kawhi Leonard type of guy. Yeah, you might do it against Spurs, but again, you're a defensive stopper. You make open shots, and you start to add layers to your game. And even though Kevin isn't like the same type of defender that Jonathan is, I think that's kind of like his 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 trajectory. Um, if if he maximizes his potential, he's gonna he's gonna he just needs time because he's so freaking young, man. Yeah. And the, the next question I wanted to ask is, um, so I know you talked about a, a lot of him being a wing and, and you guys working on drills to kind of help him um, in that role. What overall do you think is his best position? You know, the Knicks have played him at the three and the four, and this past season they even played him at the two, which I know I think myself and a lot of Knicks fans we weren't really happy about. And I see you shaking your head. I know Chip agrees here. That was something that we were very, um, I think most Knicks fans were very puzzled about. But I think, so the, the question is two parts. It's overall, what do you think is his best position? What do you think is best for his development? And what does he need from the coaching staff in order to be the best version of himself? Because it sounds like, based on the way you're describing your work with Kevin, um, Kenny Payne's work with Kevin, he needs someone that is going to be on him and really, really pushing him and that honestly makes me feel good that we have Tom Thibodeau as the coach because that's been his M.O. literally since he's been in the NBA. Yeah, I think, first off, his best vision, in my opinion, is not a two. Definitely not. Um, I think he's a three or a small or, – or I mean, I think he could be a four. I think his primary position is a three, to be honest. Um, now, one thing I will say, and I think his ball handling has to get a little bit better or more consistent for him to be a, a true three. Um, which I think it will. I think he has the potential to do so. Um, and I, obviously, high school is completely different than NBA. That's not even a question. But, you know, he was handling the ball significantly more when he was, you know, in high school, even playing versus high level competition. Again, big difference. But he had that ability when he went to Kentucky. His role was coming off more pin downs and stuff like that. And I think he kind of lost either A, maybe just experience or confidence or whatever the case may be. He stopped doing it as much. I think that's kind of carried over to the Knicks where, you know, he hasn't done it as much. I don't think he feels as comfortable with it, but he has the potential there because I've seen it and he's been successful with it um, in the past. I think, I don't think a four is a bad position for him at all. He's not strong enough to play a four unless it's a small ball rotation right now. Um, But he's young. He's going to get stronger. So that can change. And with the way the league's going right now, um, fours that can do everything are extremely valuable. So I don't think that's a bad position for me. I think three, four. Um, and 100% as far as a, a coach that will demand things out of him. I mean, he's his dad has demanded a ton out of him. It always has. I mean, he's been very, very hard on him. But he's also been his biggest supporter. Um, I was really hard on him. But I was also his biggest supporter. Kenny Payne was really hard on him but he's also been a big supporter. So I think it's just someone that really believes in him, but also isn't going to just let him go through the motions and be on some nonsense. Like it's really going to challenge him, force him to be his best version of himself. 
but also like let him know that like, hey, we believe in that you can be this type of player. Um, I think he'll flourish with a coach like that. Yeah, he's had mixed messages in two seasons because he had he led the league in in minutes as a rookie, and this year he was inconsistent playing time and interim head coach. So it was yeah very mixed messages. Tough. Yes, that's really tough for I mean that's really tough for someone that age. it's tough for anybody first of yeah. all, especially someone that age. And you know, you're wondering why your rookie year was this, and your next year is like this. Um, so I think some stability would probably be very beneficial for him as well. <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably going to get that with Tibbs in charge and Kenny Payne, and uh, the hope is that Leon Rose brings that too. Yeah. But uh, I want to ask too, uh, his name is, uh, he's obviously still regarded as a prospect though, because his name has been brought up in trade rumors too, because the Knicks mm-hmm. have been linked to Chris Paul, and he's been a guy that uh, the Thunder apparently would be interested in because he does seem like a guy that the Thunder would like. He's an athletic wing. So I was wondering how you thought that uh, Kevin would take his name being brought up in uh, trade rumors. Um, You know, I'm sure he's human. He has some emotion to it. I think if you asked him, he'd probably say he doesn't care. Like, he's just going to focus on getting better. Um. But, I mean, I, I, he understands it's a business. Um, and that's just the nature of the beast um, comes with the territory. And, uh, you know, I would just tell him, like, hey, like that's a good thing. At least your name's being brought up, which yeah. has some value. You're not just a throw-in at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think he understands it. And, again, I, I, know, I know for him, like, one thing that he has focused on, and um, he always – I mean, he's always in the gym and just focusing on getting better – controlling the controllables. So, Akeem, one of the last questions I want to ask you about, um, Kevin, before we switch over to Jonathan Isaac, is, um, you know, the the name of your YouTube series is Love the Process, and, and I think fans get frustrated with Kevin sometimes because he's, he's so laid back that sometimes I think people misinterpret that um, as, as it means that, you know, if he gets beat on a back door – that he doesn't care or he's not as locked in or engaged. But everyone, everything, Knicks fans that really, you know, live and breathe for the team and that read literally everything that's written about the team know that there's never been a bad word written about Kevin from a work ethic standpoint. Um, But I guess just two things, you know, is there any, you know, a particular anecdote or story um, that you know that you have with Kevin that sticks out about his work ethic, and do you think that focus and being locked in is something that he needs to improve in? You know, I think he could always get better at it for sure. And he's had that same demeanor since I first met him. I mean, even when you know, again, he's not known for his motor right now. But when he was known for his motor that first time I saw him with. John Johnson was playing on his team. He didn't have the skill set that he does now. He's still at the same face. I mean, so it still would give the illusion sometimes, like you're not giving your all, that type of thing. So um, I definitely think it's something that he needs to improve at. Um, I think he will continue to improve at it. Um, but people also have to understand that he's never going to be a rah-rah type of guy. It's just not who he is. He's a very laid-back person. If you talk to him, he's very laid-back. Um, and so even if he is going hard, it still might not always look as if he's given one because that's just not his personality of getting a block and you know screaming or whatever the case may be. So um, 
as far as his work ethic, man, there's a ton. I, my wife's outside the room right now, and she would – we joke about it all the time. She would have to drag us out the gym. I mean, it'd be midnight, and she would be like, no, we're leaving. And she'd be like, no, I'll go a little bit more. She'd be like, no, we're leaving. Um, there was one time he was a junior in high school, and he was playing a pretty good team. Um, and he, had, he just had a bad show. It was one of the biggest – it was the biggest tournament they were in all year. Um, a lot of the top-ranked high school teams are there. And he just, he just didn't play well. And the game probably ended at 8 or 9 o'clock. And instead of going home, we went straight to the gym. I, I drove him, um, went straight to the gym, and got up shots and did like a legit workout until about 11.30 at night. Yeah. And uh, next game, he came out and he played a nationally ranked team. It had like 30-something. It was a completely different player. And like, that's like, like, that's like the, the workout that he has. Like, Kevin would always... I mean, he was always in the gym. Saturday, he was always in the gym, and it, that's rare. A lot of times, players don't want to go to the gym now. I mean, they'll go to the gym, they'll take some videos, but they don't like want to go to the gym. Like, he has a desire, and he wants to go to the gym. Um, he is a gym rat, so um, if he continues to do those things and he continues to work on things, the right things, I think the sky's the limit for him because, again, he's so young and he's, he's got so much potential. Everybody says he's one of the hardest working guys on the team. So when and they bring up his dad, uh, Mac, uh, Jonathan Macri, who covers the Knicks, is a friend of the show. He talks about his his dad is always at the games and how his dad is always on him, like you said. <laughs> and, uh, he, uh, yeah, but everybody, like you said, no one's you never hear from any like the reporters who cover the team. You never hear a bad word about Kevin Knox ever. Everyone always has good things to say about him. Despite the fact that he, he struggles sometimes, you you never read a bad word about the guy. So everyone is rooting for like Jeff said, the people who like follow the team and read about him and all that and read all that content are really hoping that he has a great year next year. We really want to see him succeed. Yeah, no, for sure. He um I mean he's got all the tools there. Um just just I think the big thing for him is just consistency. Consistency in every aspect of his life. Um when when he with the work that he has, when he continues to get that and, and continues just to be consistent, they ha- the results will come. Um, it's just patience. And again, it's a process. <laughs> it's yeah. a process. And process is a lot of times uncomfortable because myself included, we want things now. So, And I think that probably brings us to a good place. Um, switch gears, switching gears a little bit. We, we definitely wanted to ask you about Jonathan Isaac, probably the, the most high-profile player that you've worked with. Um, I know Chip is a huge John- Jonathan Isaac fan. And it's funny, the first question I was going to ask you, you already kind of touched on it a little bit earlier on in the podcast when you were talking about, you know, approaching him and saying, hey, you know, would love to work you out. Um, and even when you talked to him about the fact that he only had a couple of offers and I think Arkansas State or Rhode Island, there were some small schools that were looking at him, and then you were just telling him, listen, every D1 school is going to be you know, calling your name. I think the first place I wanted to start off with is, you know, that even as a, a young kid, you could see that the, the length and height is there. But what, what specifically did you see from his game where you felt like this is a blue chip prospect, this is a can't miss, you know, every top D1 team, you know, needs to have this kid on their radar? Uh, the way he moves, fluidity. That's like for me, like I've been like 
you know, Kevin and Jonathan, and there's a few other guys I think will be in the league in a few years. Like the first thing I look at is like fluidity. Uh, if if you can move good, I feel like I can give you the skill aspect. I can teach you the game. Um, but if you can move, like that's what I look for. And he just was smooth. Like the way he ran up and down the floor, the way he moved, um, when he dribbled the ball, wasn't stiff. Um, and that was the first thing I saw. I was like, man, like this kid continued to develop. Like, I don't care if he weighs 80 pounds, like he's going to have a chance to be a pro one day. And, um, yeah, so that's what really stood out to me. How's his uh, rehab going? He had a going. for for yeah, he had uh, surgery to repair a torn ACL. For anybody's listening, it's going good. Um, I was actually with him two days ago. Uh, it was like we did like a prayer walk in Orlando, and um, I mean he walked like three or four miles. He had a brace on, but uh, yeah, yeah he's, so he's he's doing well. He's getting stronger. Um, still looks. Um, Sorry, still looks pretty big. Um, as far as like, he's definitely gained weight. He's kept that weight on. So, um, I'm I'm really excited for his process and everything's been going well. That's great. He looked great in the bubble. I mean that before. I mean, yeah. obviously it was it was terrible what what happened. But I mean, he looked great when he came back. He was powering that team. But it it was great to see him for that brief moment anyway. But yeah, I mean there. He's a definitely like Jeff said. I'm a big fan, but he's definitely a guy to look for going forward. But I mean, everyone's talking about him as a future defensive player of the year and one of the breakout uh, future best defensive uh, players in the league. How does he view himself going forward? Do you think? I mean, I think he he has a lot of confidence in himself. Um, he 100% feels like he could be the best defender. Um, and I think, I mean, I 100% feel like he could be the best defender in the league. He's so versatile. Um, and I think he also has a lot of confidence in the offensive game as well. He started to show a little bit of spurts, and obviously the injury kind of uh, derailed that. Before his initial injury, he was doing much better offensively. Yeah. And, again, he's not in a position where he wasn't, where any plays were called for him. So for him to get 13, 14 a game, um, that's pretty good, you know, with the minutes that he was playing. And, obviously, the first injury happened, and he came back in the bubble, was doing great offensively. Um, starting to show a little bit more layers and unfortunate circumstances, you know, happen again. But, you know, he has a lot of confidence. Um, he really believes that, um, you know, God has him and that, that he can be the best, you know, one of the best players in the league. And I, I think he can too. Again, his trajectory has always been, and he's understood that he's been very mature with that. Of like, I, I'm, it's going to take me three to four years. But when I hit that threshold, when I hit that four years, it, uh, he's going to catapult and, he was getting a little bit of that this year with the defensive player and again being a little bit more involved offensively. But he'll be back strong. So, yeah, led the team in blocks and steals this year. Average yeah. over average over two blocks this year as a forward. Very rare to see that, obviously. But no, he was having a breakout year before he got hurt. But uh, yeah, it was impressive to watch him, obviously. But uh, no, I just wanted to ask you also, obviously, as his trainer what uh what area because obviously we're, we're talking about how good he's looked but what areas of improvement do you think he needs to make when he comes back from his injury um i mean he definitely has to continue to improve shooting which he's gotten better at um i think he will continue to get better at just reps with him um improve shooting and i think like he started to show a little bit of it this year, but I think if he can like really do this consistently, it'll make him unguardable because of his length 
Um, it's like, and I know it's the NBA is going away from it, but you know, having a good mid post game, um, you know, he started to show signs, but if he can do that, it's going to be tough to stop because he's seven foot. I mean, and, you know, that's, that's very tough to stop. <laughs> yeah. Seven foot, you know, with a high release. So, um, I think just shooting and, and scoring the ball consistently. And I think like for me, what I would say, and I don't know if you would agree with it, but I'd say be more assertive too. Like really being assertive on the offensive end and you know, still playing within the system. But again, he he has the ability to to do a lot of things that a lot of players can't. You know, he's I know Porzingis was an initial unicorn, but like to me, he's like a unicorn. Like he really is. Um, so I think the more assertive he is, the more he'll be able to show you know what he's capable of doing because he's only really shown a small piece. No, he's better than Porzingis. We'll take him over Porzingis. Yeah. <laughs> Porzingis, Porzingis, Porzingis left, left us in the cold. So we, we'll take we'll take Jonathan Isaac over here any any day Absolutely. of the week. I know how you guys probably feel about that, but sorry I brought him up. Nah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah. Another thing I was going to ask is, you know, after, um, after Jonathan tore his ACL, um, what if any conversations, you know, did you have with him? What was his mood like? Um, you know, cause I imagine that's a, it's a very difficult situation, but it's especially difficult for someone who's are you know, had come back from an injury is on the way up like he was. And then this happens, but knowing him as well as you do, what do you think his approach is going to be like in the, in the training room and in the film room? You know, there are some players who get injured and they actually say, you know what, it was a blessing in disguise because then I get, I got to watch the game, things slowed down for me. Um, do you think that this, you know, may be something that helps him? 100%. You know, Jonathan is like, he's one of the few people that I can honestly say this about that when negative things happen, like he will come back better. And the reason why I say it's outlook, his faith, his faith in God, his faith in Jesus, like really helps him to have such a positive outlook on when trials happen. Like he looks at, he looks at the bright side. He looks at it as a blessing. He looks at it as, all right, I have an opportunity to grow. I have an opportunity to grow off the court. And what players, most people don't really understand is like how you're doing off the court strongly correlates with how you're doing on the court. And, you know, so I talked to him, I think a day or two after, and he was in good spirits. I talked to him, um, when he was in the hospital, was, I can't remember, right before, right after surgery, and he was in really good spirits. And um, you know, he's been you know, doing his rehab and in the training room. And I think it'll be a really good opportunity for him again to come back a better player, um, come back uh, you know, with a higher IQ, watching a lot more film. Um, you get to dissect a lot of things. You get a lot more time than you usually have. Um, and so I think it'll also help, to be honest, with him getting stronger because – He'll be, you know, he's again. I saw him a few days ago, and he looked good. Like he looked like significantly bigger than he had in years past. Um, this past summer, I mean, he looked like he gained a lot of weight too. But he's he looks good, so I'm, I'm really excited to see when he comes back. I think he'll be more than ready. I think he's going to take his time, and I think he's going to come back with a lot more confidence. And I saw an athletic article that was written about him. He spoke to Jabari Parker about the injury too, who has had two torn ACL injuries in his career. So I mm-hmm. guess Parker called him like immediately after the injury to talk to him about it. So that must've been pretty nice for him. Yeah. I didn't know that. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, what it said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's really like a, he's so like, 
open-minded so like i know if like someone like that called him it wouldn't just be the yeah thanks like and just you know mm-hmm. kind of playing it off but just being polite like he really you know would would want to learn from him and again i think that would even increase his faith even more that he's going to come back even stronger than ever because you know there's someone else that has been through it so well yeah there was a lot of outpouring for him i remember on twitter oh, yeah. when it happened big time like yeah. everybody was on twitter uh wishing him the best i remember that yeah, he's he's genuinely like one of the best people. Like literally one of the best people you'll meet. Like he's always been a good kid, but like he's like he's like mature about beyond his years. Like there's been things again. I'm twenty. I'm twenty eight now. He's I'm, I'm twenty two, twenty three, something like that. And there's been times like recently where like, I've gone through stuff and like I'm reaching out to him. Like he's the mentor. Like man, like what do you think about this? And he's like encouraging me. And I like we told him my wife and I. Like, Dang, like. You feel like sometimes, like you're the guy, like you, like we like swap positions, man. Like he's 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 a great, great dude. I think um, honestly, that's also something I kind of wanted to bring up when we spoke to you because uh, I know Chip and I were talking offline a little bit, but like one of the things that really comes through in the videos that you post is that like yours and Jonathan's relationship is like very clearly genuine, and yeah. um, you know I think that's a really cool thing to see. Um, and it must feel really good for you as a trainer when you start to see these players have success. Um, you know, that it, it's it's the product of a lot of long hours, but it's probably something that, you know, is, is um, there's a human element to to being kind of like, you know, in the trenches and really working hard and, and, and whatnot. And um, I, I guess, is that something that is, is rare in your line of work? Um, is it something that, you know, happens, um, you know, maybe more frequently than people think, because it, it definitely seems like it's something that would, um, you would hope would, would lead to success as well. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think it's like half and half. There's, unfortunately, in our business, a lot of times people will latch on to players um, and, and try and ride the coattails and be yes men. And um, Usually players, when they get a little bit older, will recognize those things. Um, for me, like, it's, it's been a real blessing because, like, the players that we work with are literally, like, family. Like, Jonathan's getting married. Like, I'm going to speak in his wedding. Like, it's, like, literally, like, I remember when I got married to my wife, he was at IMG, and I went down and picked him up so he'd come to the wedding. And the man slept on the floor of my bedroom during my bachelor's party, like, which we really didn't do crap and play basketball. So, like, <laughs> like it, it's, it, yeah, it's, like, it's really, like, it really is a family thing. And that's, like, the most rewarding thing for me is, understanding like like right now the shirt i have on actually like i didn't didn't plan this like i'm the director of his like au team now his travel team judah nation and like it's it's something that i don't think is appreciated enough of like the human side of these people are basketball players yes and that's extremely important like i want to do everything i can to help them be the best in the world with their craft and like give them the best possible chance to maximize their potential at the end of the day, like, I want to do that as well for them as human beings because basketball's going to stop bouncing. If, if you're LeBron James in 20 years or 18 years, if you're the average NBA player, a lot less than that. Um, and, like, for me, I want to develop relationships that last a lifetime and that, you know, hopefully, I like I said, like, we're, I'm there in the trenches before everything gets good and, like, I'm there after everything gets good and I'm there when things go bad, you get injured and I'm there when you have a great game and, you know, we have a genuine relationship where you call and ask about my son and I call and ask about, you know, your family. And again, it's, it's, 
I think some trainers do have it. I think really good trainers do have it, but a lot of them unfortunately don't. And that's something that I, I wouldn't trade for the world if I could work out. Again, I love LeBron. LeBron's my favorite player. If you told me I had a trade relationship and I got to work out LeBron every day, I couldn't do it because that's like, it's so much bigger than basketball. I think um, I, it's funny, you know, as you're saying that, uh, another question popped in my mind. Um, so with everything you're doing right now and, and growing your business, and I'm, I'm sure the the resume that you have, you know, obviously helps attract future clients. But one of the things that I think Chip and I have seen a lot since we've been following basketball is that, you know, the emphasis of player development has become really, really big in the NBA. And I'm sure it's always been big, but I, whatever, for whatever reason, the the talk about it has been huge. And it's this big buzzword, player development. And you see teams really, you know, scouring the nation to try and find people that understand um, skills development and, and how to teach and how to integrate analytics and things like that. You know, if an NBA team called you tomorrow and they said, listen, um, Aki, we want you to be the head of our player development program. You know, we love the track record that you have. You know, what what would you say to them? Is that even a professional goal that you have? You know, I definitely would have to pray about it. Um, because right now I'm actually a youth pastor at a church as well. You know, that's tough because I've gone back and forth. You know, sometimes I've been like, yeah, I want to do it. Like, that's like one of the goals I've had. And other times, like, man, I really don't feel like doing all that traveling. And all that stuff. So like, yeah. um, it, it's weird. I enjoy, I enjoy, like, so for example, I have I have something called Tallahassee Basketball League. Um, I live in Tallahassee, Florida right now. And um, we have, you know, first through sixth grade, first through fifth graders. And then we have a middle school division where, like, we're teaching kids how to play the right way. And, like, we're coaching them in the league. You know, only only former college players or coaches that way they're like learning how to play the right way and being held like sometimes to a crazy college standard and like at third grade, but whatever. Wow. And um, like I enjoy doing that, but at the same time, it's like I really enjoy like being able to go over details that I watch in film. I can't do that with Billy who plays at you know Holy Comfort or Christian Academy in middle school because he can't even make a left hand layup. So I can't do this. Thing. <laughs> Uh, you know, so it's like for me, I, I'm, right now I'm happy with the balance because, you know, a few days ago I'm like working out a top 25 player in the country. And then today I'm working with a kid who can't dribble his left hand. So like I enjoy like working with both. Um, but I think down the line, it's definitely something that I would not be opposed to. Um, because again, like I'm, I'm a detailed guy. Like I love details and I love the relationships I grow with kids. But I love the details that I can do with higher level players. And a lot of times, like, I, it's like when you're not doing it daily, it's like, man, like, I, I watch this film. I want to go over this. Or, like, but these kids, they don't get it, man. They don't understand the importance. So, like, I definitely would be open to it. Um, it just the timing would have to work. And, you know, it have to be something that I felt like I was led to do by God. So, but I never count anything off because I never know what will happen. I didn't think I'd be here a few years back. So, um, definitely. That, I, I'll say this, and I'll shut up about it. I'd love the opportunity to consider it. <laughs> love to get the call, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to get a call about it. It's a good problem to have. Oh, it that definitely is. Yeah. Chip, um, do you have anything uh, else for a key? I got one more for him, but I, I want to see if uh, 
I do too. Yeah. yeah. Just sticking with the NBA for a second, a key that no one seems to agree on the NBA draft this year. And you've obviously worked out a lot of players and Knox mm-hmm. and Isaac, two top 10 picks. So is there anybody you're particularly high on, whether it's for uh, the number one pick or? <laughs> man, that's tough. I don't even know. Like, I go back and forth. I know I'm taking, which everyone is, I'm taking Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, or Lamelo. I just don't know which one. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I honestly, I feel like Lamelo could be, like, the greatest pick or it could just not work out. Mm. I feel like he's, like, I feel like he has a really, really, really high ceiling. I feel like James Wiseman is going to be a safe pick. Um, but, you know, it's harder for bigs, obviously, to bring in championships nowadays. I mean, Anthony Davis, but, yeah, you're pairing him with LeBron James. So, um, for me, it's, like, it's tough for me if I'm trying to win a championship. To, unless I have a need for it, it's tough for me to go for a big. Like, I know that's what everyone likes, but, like, the track record has just proven, like, recently that's not resulting in championships at the end of the day. Um, it's, a, it's a wing and guard-driven league. Yeah. Scoring wings win championships. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I feel like Anthony Edwards is the safest. Like, I think James Wiseman's going to be good. Anthony Edwards, I just can't imagine not being good, like, at all. Like, and he's a wing, you know, an elite wing. Like, and he can be an elite defender as well, which is something that really is intriguing. But I think LaBello, like, is the biggest risk. But he could pan out better than all of them, in my opinion. He's a wild, he's a, he's a freaking wild card. Like, you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> is there anybody that, uh, from a tape standpoint, that you've either watched through college, uh, from college this year that stands out? Or is there anyone that you've worked out with or maybe come in um, up in the next year or two that, that, you know, is a name that we need to watch out for? Um, I, 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 I don't claim this person as someone that's like PBB fam because I haven't worked with them enough, but I have gotten to jump with them multiple times. Um, I think Vernon Carey could be, if he, if he continues to have a high motor, um, I think he could be, you know, a really good piece this year. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, man. I, there's no one that like, I would say, like, that nobody knows about, like, hey, you need to watch out for this guy. Like, he's going to be the sleeper of the draft type thing. Um, yeah, but I, I, I'll i say this. I like Anthony Edwards. Screw it. I'm going Anthony Edwards. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, like, thinking of, like, the tape I've watched, and I'm like, man, like, he just he's just good, and he has a good body, and he has a chance to be a really good defender if he locks in. And, like, he has every tool to be, like, an elite, elite guard in the league, so – you have an Obi Toppin take because Jeff's—that's Jeff's favorite prospect. I like Obi Toppin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the one of the guys I worked with um, left school early and left high school or prep school, excuse me, and went to um, went to Dayton. So he was with him. I was talking to him like a few weeks ago, and I was asking him a lot about Obi Toppin. You know, I feel like in the right system, he could be really good. Yeah, I still think skill wise, he has a lot to improve on, but because he's so freaking athletic, and so long, if you put him in the right system and surround him with the right pieces he can be an immediate impact of a guy yeah i know people um you know people are are sour on the on the defense he's a little older you know so Mm -hmm. people you know when they're measuring your potential um what type of player you'll be in the next two to three years they'd rather you be 18 or 19 as opposed to 22 and still have to develop some of those skills that you were just talking about but Man, uh, you know, I, I just like that. I like the shooting form, and, and I even – I think as a passer, he's he's pretty decent as well, and, and that athleticism is, like, for me, top, like, 1%. Um, Not literally. But no. we'll see. But we'll see. He was in a great system at Dayton. So, like you said, 
if, if he can't find that in the NBA, I think it might be, you know, a little bit tough sledding for him in the beginning, but we'll see. That's the thing with all of these prospects. And that's, you know, some, somewhat what you're talking about with Kevin too. I mean, this is year three. Um, it's, it's going to be a big year for him. I think this is kind of like a, a prove it year, but I'm just hoping, I know Chip feels the same way with Kenny Payne in town and, and Tibbs and, they seem to be putting together a really good development team over there, at least from from reputation that we've heard. Um, so that at least shows us as fans that even though Kevin has been inconsistent, when you bring someone from Kentucky in, it's like, no, we want to prioritize Kevin because we think yeah. that much of his potential that we want to bring you know, his college assistant coach, which everyone in the NBA has ties to. Um, so we're hoping that that's going to pay dividends for sure. Most definitely. This, this is definitely a big year for him. It's like you said, kind of a proving year. I'm hoping, I'm hoping he, uh, I'm hoping he shows what he can do or what he has the potential to do. And if, 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 if there's any year to do it, this is it. One, cause time, times, you know, waste for nobody. Not very patient. But then number two, like you said, Kenny Payne is a huge, 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 like, very huge addition for him because the man is like they are they are close so yeah that's big <laughs> that's awesome that's good well i think uh Aki, i think we're gonna wrap up man um just once again i just want to say thank you so much for giving us some of your time tonight we know how busy you are uh really appreciate you talking kevin knox and jonathan isaac best of luck obviously with process basketball and everything you're involved in before we let you go if you could just tell you know people listening where they can find you on twitter um, if there's anything that you're working on, um, and if you you want to promote, absolutely, you know, please do so for sure. Most definitely, I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter um, at Aki Dean. So I know it's hard to spell. A K I I Dean is in the dean of your school. Um, same thing on Instagram. Simple at Aki Dean. Um, and yeah, I, again, I just appreciate you guys coming out. Um, if there's any trying to think if there's anything to really promote not really uh, hey if you like the slogan love the process have it trademarked got some nice gear <laughs> you got yeah man gear, but, if, uh, if you got like a snapback or a shirt or something I might have to get on the website get a, that might be a little Christmas yeah. present or something like that yeah man we got some have some shirts and uh, gonna gonna be dropping some hoodies especially if you guys are up north for some uh, the, the cool weather so yeah um, yeah, man. Follow me on Instagram, and then hopefully you guys will see that because I'm going to be trying to release that in the next few weeks. So, yeah, no, I really appreciate you guys having me on, seriously. Absolutely, man. Again, pleasure is all ours. Really appreciate you. Hope you enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, best of luck in the future for sure. Likewise, guys.